Good evening, and I hope everybody's staying safe out there. This is Brian Mitchell, a.k.a. Mitch. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. This is the PhD Podcast, our third in the series of podcasts that we've been trying to release, try to give you something to think about during this downtime of the COVID-19 scare. And I'm hoping that I don't have to use that phrase much longer, but uh, unfortunately we are still where we are. So uh, without further ado, a couple things and notes that I have uh, looked around and seen in the last couple weeks, um, just so everybody's aware. We do have our feature up on berghockey.com by Alan Saunders. Uh, three of the Penn's elite players were selected to the 2020 OHL draft on Saturday. Uh, that was off the under-15 team. Those were Lucas Ross, Evan Conyon, and Logan Cooley. Of course, Logan Cooley of the Cooley Brothers of West Mifflin, who have continued to excel as we moved along in their careers. Uh, of course, I believe Eric mentioned when I spoke with him earlier this season that he thinks that Logan's going to be the best of all of them. So we'll we'll uh, see how that uh, progresses for him. But uh, you look along the lines, and the Penn's Elite now pumping out three more OHL draft picks. Uh, a couple of them were excited to uh, join their new teams. So congratulations to all of them. And... Um, yeah, this is a couple things that we had to start to throw together for this week. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule of events for us. We have a feature coming up on the PIHL at some point in the next seven days. I haven't figured out when I'm going to be able to sit down and write it. But whenever I do, I will let everybody know that we are moving along with it. And it's going to be what's going to happen going forward with the season. If you can't wait for that, then you can wait for our first guest here today. It is Dave Fryer. He is of the Commissioner's Office of the PIHL. He's joining us today to talk about how the league is handling the situation, what the current status of everything is. And I, I suggest it's a good listen for anybody that had any questions about what's going to happen. So... We move along on that momentarily. There are a couple small things that I want to talk about. Um, some notes just came across, you know, the rink's tearing out, some making improvements. Uh, if you play at Center Ice Arena, we have just received word today, and this is what, uh, Tuesday, April 7th, that the center-hung scoreboard, at least on the West Rink, is no longer there. So they are moving along with m removing those so you don't have to worry about your passes being smacking off the scoreboard at center that sits low at Center Ice Arena. So that is a another detail moving along. Um, <laughs> it's not a lot to talk about right now. Um, Christian Gorshak is going to be our final guest today. He'll be on in about a half an hour from now when we speak. So you can listen to that. He is the NAHL MVP the first time. Somebody from Johnstown has won that award throughout the league. So congratulations to the Jeanette Bourne, the Hempfield Hockey product and Hempfield Area School District product, Christian Gorshak, winning that award going forward. So congratulations to him. But our first guest, I'll move right into it now because, like I said, not a lot going on. Not trying to sell a lot of details about what we've got going on, but our first guest is going to be Dave Fryer, the PIHL Commissioner's Office, and we discussed this 
several times um, in the past of what's going to happen going forward and how we all have questions about the um, situations that the league is in right now. But uh, he's going to be able to answer a lot of those in this little detail, plus throw us a couple more tidbits that we may not have known. Uh, of course, right now the high school hockey nationals should be should have been wrapped up for about eh, about five about five days now, I believe, from Dallas. But unfortunately, we're still waiting on a word of whether or not we're finishing the PIHL postseason. Of course, there are ten teams still eligible to win Penguin Cups throughout and possible state championships if everything can happen. Um, fingers crossed. We're hoping, but, you know, there are deadlines on all that, and he's going to explain all that here. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is Dave Fryer of the PIHL. All right, joining me now on the PhD podcast, it's from the PIHL commissioner's office. This is uh, Matt Geica's favorite man behind the scenes. This is Dave Fryer. Dave, how's the, how's the uh, COVID quarantine going for you? <laughs> well, with an introduction like that, I guess it's going better. Um <laughs> It's uh, it's different for me because well it's different in a way because obviously we wanted our season to end and I know we'll get into that in a minute but yeah. it's not quite different for me because even though I'm at the rink all the time in the winter in the summer this is what I do it's yeah shut down the hockey operations and get ready for the next hockey operation so I'm used to sitting at my desk for hours at a time in the summer and not leaving because I have work to do here and no rink and no games to go to and probably the only difference is I don't get to golf when I want to golf so yeah that's one of those things <laughs> I've been seeing I've seen some courses out there that are on the uh, honor system so they're just oh. saying drop the money and if you want to go you, you can you can you can go out for for nine as long as you drop the money but i don't know how long, <laughs> much longer that's going to actually be i think going that works on, as so. an outdoor sport we couldn't do that but that works as an outdoor sport all right yeah i'm about the same situation right now getting a little bit stir crazy um but we're getting there. Right. Well, right. The other advantage we have is that there's always things that we want to do as a league. And yeah. there's only so much time to do things that are new and different. And maybe this extra six weeks or eight weeks or whatever this turns into will actually be productive for us. And so far it is. There's some ideas that you have things in the season that you can't really change in the middle of the year. or You want to change, but you can't get to it um, with all the other things you have to do. So we have that opportunity right now. And we're trying to come up with one to get ahead a little bit on next season so that we can um, – be more prepared and, right. and you know for what's coming and, and whatever that may be because it's a question mark for everyone in, in the long run um but also so that we can implement some things that have been floating out there and maybe put a little extra effort and time into things that never got that extra effort and time in the past all right so let's just lead off right now the million dollar question <laughs> are we going to have the remainder of the 2019-20 pihl season sir? well it's a million dollar question i'm expecting a check in the mail <laughs> For, for giving an answer. Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anyone, and it's not because I'm hiding it because no one knows the answer to that. Um, but I could tell you from um, the operation side, we are, we don't say no, we don't No is not the answer. I can tell you that much. Um, or sorry. Yes or no is not the answer. It's somewhere in between. We are looking to try to get it in. We have not shut the season down yet. We have not canceled any of the, the playoffs. Um, we haven't canceled any of the JV middle school tournament. It's all postponed. Um, so the process was in um, the beginning of March, uh, actually, as playoffs started, we had a, an executive committee meeting. And in that committee meeting, we the executive committee motioned and approved the 
um, protocol that we were going to follow what a higher governing body told us to do for all this stuff. So whether that was the state government or the CDC or the national government or um, even USA Hockey or a school district that said our team can't come to play, we weren't going to make that team forfeit because the school district was on a policy of shutting down. Um, unfortunately, it got three days of the four into our semifinals when that actually kicked in. So it had been nice to finish the semis and just be at the spot that every other level was that all three or sorry, four classifications were, were through the semifinals. So since that point though, that was March 17th, I believe. Um, since that point, we've just been on a holding pattern because we're still following what the governments and the, the school districts and the directives from above us are telling us to do. Um, the news changes every day and it's hard to find the facts out there, but from what we've been able to investigate, there is a chance that somewhere down the line in May, there's going to be an opportunity to reopen things. Um, we really only need that. We need a, a day to get the AAA semifinals in, and we probably need two days to get the championship games in between the four classifications at the varsity level. So really we need three days to work with, and the teams probably need a couple days lead time to be ready for that. If that happens at the end of May, we'll do it. All right. But, so okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, once we get beyond that, now we're out of school districts letting, I mean, it depends on what the school districts do to adjust this, but once kids are no longer technically in high school and they're moving on to vacations and college and military obligations, whatever they're doing for life, it gets more difficult to do. Because the one thing we don't want to have is a, we want to have a champion, but we don't want to have a tainted champion where it's because we played it in July, this team had 10 players and that team had 20. Yeah, so absolutely. we'll do what we can for the sake of the, the sport. It's obviously not the priority. It's important. It's important to people. Um, there are 10 varsity teams left. And as I've told some of them, only four of them are going to win a championship. So we haven't taken away a championship from anyone because no one's guaranteed that. We didn't take the championship from one team and give it to the other because no one got it. But we do want to try to get to that point where we don't have that missing line in our, our history books for the rest of the time. Yeah, absolutely. You've got three teams right now that can actually repeat and, you know, <laughs> that are still involved. And, right. you know, the possibilities are still there for that. Um, albeit, you know, only two of them can really do it if in, in at any given time right now. But, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I feel kind of the opposite. I mean, I don't care who wins. I never, right. never right, care right, who wins. Right, but, right. I, but I have considered the opposite of that, too, is that there's a couple teams that, like Indiana, for example. Mm -hmm. This has been, this, they won the um, the Division Two or Class B championship a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, this They have a shot at winning a, a single-A championship, and that's the first time they're going to have that opportunity in years. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, I can't, I don't have the records in front of me. They used to be a contender. Um, and then went through some low times and, and, and taking that opportunity away from them. Um, that's a tough one. You know, the, the, the not that the kids from teams that could repeat are like North Allegheny. Those kids as seniors certainly deserve that opportunity also. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the trajectory of a program, I think it impacts Indiana in a little bit of a different way than it impacts North Allegheny because North Allegheny could be back there next year and Indiana might have a question when, when they're ever going to be there again. And you touched on that class B Indiana being in class B, but speaking of the two class B teams, I mean, I couldn't think of any two teams that are ready to play each other more than, <laughs> than the, uh, 
you know, <laughs> the Ringgold Rams and the Carrot Cougars. And, you know, I covered that one my last time. I think that we saw each other was at that rink. And we, uh, right. so I'll see you next week. And so I think somebody said maybe. And I don't know who said that, but right. uh, so we didn't think we'd be where we are right now. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one, too, is that the anticipation is, is tough in this all because that's, I mean, from a league standpoint, again, I don't care who wins it, but I like to run the event. I love mm-hmm. the championship event because of the behind the scenes things and the feeling you get as a league, whether your team wins or loses, you walk out feeling like that was a memorable thing for us. A memorable night, a memorable experience, you know, win or lose, you got something out of it. And that's again, what we're here for. We're not here to crown champions. That's we're high school hockey. Mm-hmm. We're here to give players and, and the people connected to them, their families, their classmates, um, the, the experience and you know something unique and something special to make you feel like you're you know part of we are a legitimate hockey league and those are their opportunities to show it and the semis we get some of that but there's nothing like the championship games where we have a full building full of people and mm-hmm. you know, it's tough to get you know a year without that but again it's not by our decision absolutely now uh I guess going into that, say things do lighten up a little bit here in the future what are the factors that are going to allow them you guys to return to play? Yeah, so I think it, it would need a little bit of a directive to come from above, um, so that you know the. Uh, I think you don't want to get into the politics of the governments and the federal government mm-hmm. and all of that. But uh, my guess, this is just a guess, is that as a an economy, we're not going to be able to survive as businesses. Even like just pick out rinks. Rinks don't run on a ton of money. They well, a lot they, of they, them, and I'll break it right now. A lot of them right now have melted their ice down for repairs right. and everything. So some of them might not even be able to be up by that time. I correct. know if I heard correctly, Ross Traver's down. So that's you know, Ringgold doesn't have a place to, to even practice at this point. Right. So that's a, that's a factor we have to consider is, I mean, I don't think UPMC is going to shut down, no. but that would be where our championship games would be scheduled to be played. But we have to be able to know that every team that we have has an opportunity that their rink is open or they have practice ice and that they're, you know, I think the NHL is going to have the same problem and on a bigger scale is that there's all this talk in the NHL out there about let's uh, let maybe everyone makes the playoffs and we go straight into playoffs. Well, I don't think the players really want that. You know, no. all of a sudden you're on elimination games and you haven't skated in three or four weeks or a month or whatever it may be for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so either tune up games or things like that. But for us, I mean, everyone will be on the same scale as long as they all get to practice, but we can't have a team get the practice three times in a week and play the championship game and the other team not get to play at all. Um, but from the other side of it is that the, some of these rinks might, and it's not just rinks. I want to say this about every business out there that might have to open their doors because they're opening their doors on a situation where if they don't open the doors, they're going to close them forever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's not a hockey problem. That's going to be a society problem. And we're going to have to monitor that. And maybe the governments have to start to adapt around that. And maybe the, the restrictions will lessen. Um, so I, again, I think that it's a self-correcting. That's what that's a whole system of our government and our economy, right? It's supposed to be self-correcting. That may we'll start to see some developments, and as we start to see those developments, I think it allows us to um, have a little bit of a flag waving of let's be ready for this if it's going to happen. It's you know we're going to see some signs and indications out there. Right now, all we know is through the end of April, we're shut down because that's the government directive. All right, Dave, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have any other comments for me for this? <laughs> Yeah, so we had uh, talked, you and I had uh, texted each other the other day. One of the things that I talked about looking for things for next year is that despite what people may think, the – the sport in this area is not as new as we think it is. Most people have become hockey fans from like 91 and 92 by chance. Right. Mm -hmm. But high school hockey in Western Pennsylvania started in 1971. 
So the 2020-21 season is the 50th anniversary of high school hockey in Western Pennsylvania. So that's something that we're looking at now because it gives us a chance with a little bit of downtime to make some plans and come up. It's, it's all very infant right now, but come up with some plans for how we're going to celebrate and recognize the 50th season of high school hockey in Western Pennsylvania. That is amazing. That is a milestone that is awesome for the area. You know, you have a lot of teams, especially t players who are now coaching that have played in the PIHL in the past, players that have actually made it on to play in the, uh, you know, the National Hockey League and things like that. So it, it's huge to have that ability to be able to to grow it as we continue to move along on it. So, you know, one of the things we're looking at is to try to bring those stories back out again. I mean, everyone knows, like, not to, to take these stories down, but everyone knows the Ryan Malone story that, you know, like you're talking about players who played in the PHL that went, or Brandon Saad that went to the, to the NHL. Well, there's a lot of names from the past that may have never been because hockey was so new in Pittsburgh, never got that far. But I mean, there's things on our website that I know people haven't read, but let's bring those things to the forefront. We had Chuck, Chuck Chiata was drafted by the Dread Wings in the eighties. Let's bring those stories out. So the people in the area know and remember some of the, the players that we've had and some of the accomplishments they had, and especially the people who made this happen. I mean, again, you think of like timelines, the Penguins started in 67 and by 71, there was high school hockey forming. And then the Penguins won the Cup in 91 and 92. And by 99, the PIHL had formed because there were so many teams. You know, let's go back and kind of relive some of those things and how it went from no hockey at all to the, the leagues that we did have. And then even when the 90s hit, of who were the, the catalysts and the people that were behind the scenes that made hockey what it is that we, as we see it now in the PIHL. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, just a couple people had asked me about this, um, you guys had made made an attempt at forming a even a small girls league for this season. I'm guessing yes. that's off the table as of this point. Yeah, that we made that decision last week. That's going to be um, communicated. Um, it's simply because logistically, as we talked about with the the boys side, we need to know the flag is waving and be ready to go and tell the teams go. The problem on the girls side is we don't have teams yet to tell them get ready, let's go. <laughs> you know, so we had a whole planning phase that we can't, we don't know when that phase one will be able to start. And as I mentioned on the boys side, just to put it in perspective, um, if we got, and this is only in theory, <laughs> so <laughs> so no no one can take one. This is like the uh, let's take the clip and play it on on CNN. As this no, is what I said, no, no. right? But on May if on May fifteenth, we know in a week that we can get started. Mm -hmm. We can get our teams rallied and ready to go. If we knew on May 15th that we could play a girls league, that we would be at least a month until we would be able to get all the logistics together because it was new. Yeah. So, and by then you're starting on July 15th and no one wants to do that. Although yeah, that may become the thing in hockey, um, in the NHL, but the, uh, um, the boys' side's different because they are just they're antsy and they're waiting. And if we told them we want, honestly, a lot of them, if you told them, hey, we're going to play tomorrow, they'd be there. Oh, they're, they're ready so. to go. They just throw the skates <laughs> on and be able to go. And right. I, I could see that right now. There are a lot of questions. Like I said, I get I get the messages. All I get messages. I get tweeted uh, all the time. Hey, you know, do you know what's going on? Hey, is there a uh, any update? And I I don't have anything to. Get. <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm like, so I, I'm the not, best I'm answer not, on that. Yeah. Yeah. The best answer on that is that we're not keeping secrets here. We've yeah. we've had the same stance all along um, that we are in a waiting period because, mm -hmm. I mean, not that we don't want to make a decision, but we don't we're really not entitled to when it's a stay at home it, order. It, we it's have to also that. not fair to make that decision now Correct. and then find out at the end of April, hey, we can start to open you know things up again. 
So that, yep. that, that, that takes the opportunity off of it. And yeah, I, I could see both sides of the coin here. Right. And, and then on the other side of it, we're not keeping secrets. If we yeah. know we're going to go, everyone will know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, we'll, we'll so, all know. Right. So on the, uh, in, in, on the girl side, just to finish mm-hmm. that conversation, yeah. it's not done. It's just not going to happen this season. Right. It is definitely going to be revived and, and try it again for next year. And honestly, there's things that, you know, you get into this and you do it new and you maybe kind of realize you want a little bit more time. You want to play in this. You want to do this differently because my stance all along has been do it right the first time and it'll be successful. Otherwise, it's going to be years until you get it right. You know, so the that's one advantage of, you know, not that we want to wait a year, but that's one advantage. It gives us another a second try at it without failing a first try. Um, and also there's a crop of girls. There's a ton of girls that are in um eighth grade right now that play hockey in the area mm-hmm. and that'll be a nice surge of people that will help boost this in, in year two or well year one a we'll call it yeah yeah right now because all right dave well i appreciate you coming on with us here this week uh i'm trying to put these series together to make sure that everybody has something to listen to maybe talk about everything that's been going on and you know and i it's straightforward as it is you know all right. Well, I thank you for yeah, coming Yeah, appreciate on, you guys. Appreciate you doing that because, I mean, everyone's starved for something to do right now, but why not make it hockey still, right? Because yeah. we, we're all left a little bit incomplete on that one. So anytime. I mean, I think I would hope that you have me back on so we can discuss more 50th anniversary things as We've, that develops. I've got a whole summer if we're out still to talk about <laughs> awesome. stuff. Don't worry. We'll talk. All right. That was Dave Fryer. I am Brian Mitchell. That was the PhD podcast. I'll be right back with Matt Geica. Of course, Dave Fryer. A uh, good man always enjoys joining us here on the podcast, and I thank him for his time and to join us and let us know exactly where the commissioner's office head is in all of this right now. But I'm going to flip the script now. We're going to go to my broadcast partner and somebody who I kind of look up to in this field when it comes to trying to like take things off the ground, you know, as much as I can because he's working like he works out there, and it's hard to get a hold of him in the off season, but. Fortunately, right now we have a little bit of downtime, so I was able to catch up with him. This is the legend. This is my play-by-play broadcaster. This is Matt Geica joining the PhD podcast. All right, joining me now on the PhD podcast is Dave Fryer's favorite media personality. Dave made <laughs> me say that. It is Matt Geica. This is my partner, the legend. Matt, how's your uh, how's your quarantine going, sir? Um, it's okay. As I was just talking to you offline, uh, I've never been more ready for the uh, the spring cleaning, the spring house chore season. So I've, I've never been more enthusiastic about it either. So I think my wife likes <laughs> that part of it. But I'm flattered to hear uh, to hear Dave is thinking of me in this time of yeah. uh, of great unrest for for his organization and for all of us who are awaiting hopefully that hockey will return at some point yeah absolutely and i like i just i spoke with you a little bit uh you know we're, we're now in a holding pattern we don't know exactly when you know when we're going to go back to, to it but we should be ready to go back whenever the go-ahead is given um but uh yeah so you've had a couple interesting things going on during your uh during your time down you're trying to launch a couple uh things on the on twitter there what do you got going on matt well, yeah, I've always wanted to do my own thing as far as uh, being able to do some writing, do some broadcasting, uh, and do some podcasting. And so I've started my own Patreon page, patreon.com slash Media, And uh, it's a one-man company at the, at the moment, but uh, I, I did want to branch out and, and venture out and, and do something like this for a while. And 
got it revved up a little bit in the early stages of February, so it's been out there for um, for several weeks now. But of course, once we all were confined to our houses for the most part, and uh, well, I had both PIHL hockey and Riverhound soccer go away in the span of a week. So suddenly I had some more time to devote to it. So I'm just trying to make the most of it, I think, like all of us are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, of course, uh, Matt does is the uh, play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds also in the offseason. So um, it's one of those situations where he's also down with what he's got going on. Um, let's talk a little bit about those that PIHL uh, season this season. And you were, unfortunately, were the... Uh, you were the unlucky one that had the final that was supposed to have the final night for our uh, semifinals coverage. Um, yeah. We were in a holding pattern there. What, what was it like just to be waiting to find out if you're going to the rink? Well, that week, I'm sure your listeners recall. I'm sure you recall that week. Things happened at a rapid pace because if you would have asked me, I think going into that Monday of semifinal week, were they going to to play? that week i would have said absolutely yes and and as you mentioned we got through three days of it but Mm -hmm. i was preparing i was preparing to um both write about the uh class triple a semifinals at uh, the army island sports center on that thursday i think it was what the the third thursday of of march i forget the exact date but i was prepared to do that and i was also going to to call the game for peter's township community television on a tape delay basis so i was ready to go and uh, as we saw that previous night once the NBA canceled its season, it just felt, for some reason, I don't know why that mm-hmm. had to happen, but it, it felt not canceled, but they suspended their season. Once that happened, that domino fell. Then, for me, everything was in play, and suddenly I was doubting whether we were going to have a Penguins Cup. And I think a lot of people were the same way. That Wednesday night was when um, was when stuff got serious. So uh, we went to Thursday and still hadn't heard. But I, if I had a, a gut feeling at all, it was toward that they were not going to play it. So it ended up at least in that short time span as expected. But over the long haul, um, going into that day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, I, I was pretty sure we were going to play that week. And then, of course, it all depended on the news. And as we saw, uh, things happened that uh, were certainly unavoidable in terms of shutting most uh, non-essential, if not all non-essential things down in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember that, you know, when the NBA uh, went on, suspended their season, that officially like rang it in for me. And I was actually up really late that night trying to talk to people to see what exactly was going on with the, uh, you know, are we playing? What is our, you know, what is our stance for the next couple of days? Should I be planning this? Because I had taken the week off and the weekend uh, coming up off that was because I was going to be doing the uh, P- the Penguin Cup Finals and going to the state finals. So it was mm-hmm. like it was a weird dynamic of, you know, what, you know, this all just kind of came to an abrupt end. And I mean, I joke around all the time, but I look at it, I'm like, you can just tell by the way that everything just kind of just just stopped almost abruptly. And it's one of those situations where you, I think it was handled the, the proper way in ways in ways. And then, you know we're now having the deal with the fallout of what exactly is going on. Um, so we're going to talk about what had actually happened. And I just wanted to discuss with you um, about the previous season and how it all played out. And I mean, we're not done with it yet. Hopefully we're not done with it yet, but let's talk a little bit about how things progressed throughout the season. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming on as one of our broadcasters on our new Berg hockey live uh, broadcasting things. How do you feel like that, uh, that evolved over the season? Well, I was going to say selfishly, that was a big highlight for me. We got it rolling just after the Thanksgiving holiday. And for someone like myself, who 
knew of most teams in AAA, but didn't have much of uh, of a knowledge at all on AA and single A and Class B and PIHL. It was a real eye-opening experience and a lot of fun. Um, I just needed an excuse, basically, to, to go to some more games, and I definitely got <laughs> it through the through the Bird Hockey Live. And uh, I think it all culminated in that play-in game, right? It, that felt like the highlight of the season for me, just the emotion in the building at the RMU Island Sports Center for Montour and West Day, two rivals from the same area, the same division, same same rank. Same so, rank. Um, yeah, right. I felt like that was a really nice culmination for us there in uh, what was, I suppose, technically one of the, the first playoff games. So um, to, to build that up and to give uh, a wide range of coverage, you put in Yeoman's work, uh, to use the cliche, but I think it's appropriate here. Uh, you were at, at rinks all over the place. You're already doing it for, uh, for the website um, in terms of photography and in terms of some written coverage, but to throw in the broadcast too, I, I just I love that um, we were able to, to give these athletes and these teams and these coaches some love and and show these organizations that we're out there and, and we want to help um, promote what they're doing because we believe in, in local hockey. Obviously, you do running the website. So, um, but this I think helped uh, put our money where our mouth was in a, in a certain in a certain extent, and we we closed up some coverage gaps that are definitely out there, and I still think to a degree local high school hockey is uh, a pretty well-kept secret. So I just want to continue to spread the word and get more people out to the games, get more people interested in, in watching the games. Yeah, and no, you're, you're not going to know it now, but Dave just announced on my previous interview that next year is the 50th anniversary of high school hockey in Western Pennsylvania. Wow. So yeah. they're going to be celebrating that all year. Hopefully we can bring them more of that and everything. Um, just what were some of your highlights from the season? You know, that just you know, so maybe some things that caught your eye, something maybe you noticed as the season progressed. Well, sure. I already mentioned um, one of my highlights. Like I said, maybe the most memorable game of the year that we did together was the play-in game. But uh, clearly, Katie Wilbert scoring two goals and getting an assist for Peters Township. I'm a little biased. I cover the Indians pretty regularly, and I have for the past five seasons. But um, uh, it doesn't take. Um, uh, any kind of uh, professional journalist to tell you that's a great story. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to see her cash in and, and to get a chance really throughout the season, I wasn't sure how much she was going to play. And, and uh, you've covered uh, the rare occasions when uh, a young girl gets out there with the boys. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just I appreciate the, the courage that it takes so much. I, I can't relate, obviously, directly. I can't empathize, but I can sympathize. I think we've all been in situations where maybe we feel like we're the, uh, the odd person out or the person who doesn't fit in on the surface, but clearly she can play. And it was just really cool to see her get an opportunity and, and come through in that spot. And, uh, and now they got a place for the rest of the season on a team that's really going good. It, it bears mentioning as well. Um, also, I, I had a lot of fun going up to the Lemieux sports complex with you and, and covering North Catholic and, uh, and Indiana. That was a class of the Titans up there. And mm-hmm. just, just to get in that building and to know that that building is part of the PIHL landscape too. I, I think that's, Awesome. It, part of the highlight for me, Brian, is going around and visiting all the rinks, or at least most of the rinks mm-hmm. in the Western Pennsylvania area that I've been able to see. I haven't seen all of them. Obviously, I haven't um, done out, any games outside AAA for very long. But at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, the rinks have a personality too, right? And you, you have the Sparkling Lemieux Center, and you have some of the older places like uh, like well, South Point, Princecape, which has tried to reinvent itself and has done really well, uh, staying as a hub of activity in the South Hills too. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's one of the fun parts of hockey. You talk about baseball and how the parks have personality. Uh, the rinks definitely have personality in the sport of hockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's been enjoyable for me being on that grand tour, if you will. 
Well, absolutely, and you'll think about that, and I'm just going to speak of that on, uh, for a moment while you're on here. You look at those rinks, and I'm going to think of off the top of my head, you know, the ice mine in Connellsville. I didn't get a chance to go there this year, but they have the Olympic size rink. So, that's, you know, you get the home ice advantage with on the Olympic ice there. Um, you don't see any varsity games played on the Olympic size rink at the, uh, at the Island Sports Center. But then you have places like Ross Driver Ice Gardens and a history that that falls beneath that. And then you have the Cambria County War Memorial. If you you'd be hard missed for somebody not to hear of Slapshot or know anything about <laughs> it. Like I walk into that rink and to know that I stood in that press box where they shot a couple of those, you know, the scenes and you see some of the doorways that are still there that you remember people getting pushed out of doorways and falling down staircases knowing that you were on that staircase. It's it's mind-boggling, you know. But I I agree with you on the just the personalities of each rink and knowing, you know, everything that's going on with them. So, yeah, a hundred percent on that. It's a great point. Frozen Pond too. I want to mention that that's one of my favorite places to broadcast. Selfishly, us in the media, we like spots where we can get a, a sense of the the atmosphere, but also be able to, to to see the rink as well, to see the entire rink. And uh, Frozen Pond, about as close as we get. To the ice service. I love Mount Lebo's uh, barn as well, and they renovated that too. So there are some really cool spots to call games as mm-hmm. well in the PIHL, and we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple things. You know, we fought the uh, the good fight against the, you know, not having Wi-Fi, <laughs> having to go on Wi-Fi, having to go on, you know, wired connections. You can always tell which connection is a wired connection versus a Wi-Fi connection on one of our broadcasts because we always been fighting. But we're we're gonna fight the good fight for that next year, and hopefully get a couple more lined up with uh everything that's going on. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming on with me today. Um, I hope we can talk in the future about everything going on. If not, hope to see you at a Hounds game later in the season. If not, yeah, hope right. to see you next season. <laughs> <laughs> with everything that's going on. Uh, every, everything is up in the air, as we all know. It's Candidly, Brian, it's been tough for me because I built so much of my life, and you can understand this too, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying personally for me, I built so much of my life around the game and these schedules, and now there is nothing. And, you know, I've enjoyed, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed watching the classic games on TV, and whether that be hockey or baseball or football or, or even basketball, but um, – at the same time, I feel adrift, and I realize it's first world problems, right? Um, I'm healthy, my family is healthy. We're in a good spot. Honestly, Pittsburgh feels like either we've locked out or we've done a pretty good job of social distancing, but um, in terms of per capita, we don't have a lot of COVID cases, so um, I think we're all feeling pretty fortunate in this area if, uh, if we've been able to avoid it so far, and I just hope that continues on. But also, I'm, my thoughts are with everybody in the country and around the world that's, that are fighting this, uh, the, the medical personnel especially, but also the folks who come down with it, older uh, folks in your family, my family. I, I know I've been worrying about them. And so far, mm-hmm. so good, knock on wood. But um, beyond the fact that we have this, this virus spreading around the world, though, uh, in a lot of ways, we've lost our anchors, right? And those of us that, that work in sports, uh, you may laugh at it if you're out there listening right now, or maybe you wouldn't, because obviously if you're a fan of hockey, you understand, and, and you get the, the stability that those uh, those games bring. And, and we were building up to that crescendo, and it just cut off right near the end. But as you talked about with Dave, hopefully we can uh, find a way to, to get these things played in a safe manner before we get too far down the road. Well, thank you for coming on, Matt Geica. I appreciate everything. I uh, hope we get back in the booth next year, if not you know, sooner than later, but we'll figure something out. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is Matt Geica. I am Brian Mitchell. This is the PHE Podcast. We'll be back with Christian Gorshak, the NAHL 
MVP for 2000, for 2019-20 right after this. Eventually, I'm going to get advertisements put in uh, between the the bumps here. Hopefully, at some point, it will work out for me. Uh, I'm just trying to take it year by year to hope that it all works out right now. I'm not trying to rush anything. Just trying to make sure that I can handle what we're handling on the podcast. And I appreciate everybody for listening and joining us here. Uh, now it's for our headliner, the man who deserves a little bit of credit here. It is the Johnstown Tomahawks forward, and next year, the Niagara Purple Eagles, the Niagara University Purple Eagles product. It is Christian Gorshak joining us on the PhD podcast. All right, I'd like to uh, welcome a very important guest to the PhD podcast, one of our first players in our shutdown series of podcasts. Uh, this is the 2019-2020 NAHL Player of the Year, Christian Gorshak for the Johnstown Tomahawks. Christian, first and foremost, congratulations. How does it feel? Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, it feels great. Uh, it's such an honor to get this award, and I cannot have done it without my teammates, the city of Johnstown, or my coaching staff, or my billets. It was just an unbelievable ex- experience. It was great. Well, let's talk about this season. I believe this is your third season with the Tomahawks. Um did you feel Correct, like? Yeah. Did you feel early on in your progression that this was something that was going to be in question, um, especially you know now the MVP of the league in this year? Uh, I mean, obviously, you always have high expectations of yourself. Um, this is not something that I would have ever thought of. It's something that I definitely dreamed of, and and I worked super hard towards. And I'm just super glad that you know, Coach Mike and Coach Nick and the coaching staff gave me the opportunity to play with some great teammates and gave me the chance to win this award. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking at your stats right now. Last season, you you had 24 points over the 55 games. Of course, a shortened season this year. 64 points. Uh, you added 40 points to your uh, progression at Johnstown. How did it? Uh, you know, is there something that you did differently in the off season last year that just brought you into where you are? Or was it just more getting comfortable with the league? Yeah, no. Uh, I I honestly, I actually did the same same training. I train out on Neville Island with a, a guy named Cy Bishop. He has a great training facility out there, and I worked hard, but I think it just kind of comes with the experience you have in the league and kind of knowing how everything works. And obviously, as you get older, you get more comfortable, you have more confidence, and and you get some more opportunities as well. Absolutely. Now, we're talking about uh, the Johnstown Tomahawks. Uh, Unfortunately, I'll I'll admit it, I didn't get a chance to get out there this year with a lot of things going on and us expanding the way we did. I didn't expect it to blow up like we did, Um, but... uh, I didn't get a chance to get out there this year. Um, let's talk about this year a little bit. You had a uh, pretty like you had 25 goals and 39 assists for the Tomahawks this year. Um, just coming into it and looking at that team, you guys had an up and down season this year. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how it ended. And you you know you don't always like to look at it, but everybody's in the same boat here. And you know. How did you find out that, you know, you guys weren't going to be playing anymore? Yeah, so it was actually uh, Thursday morning. We, we went in for practice, and Coach kind of called us in for a meeting. And at that time, the, the season had not been paused yet, but he kind of expected that they were going to be following the NHL suit and the NBA suit and how they all handled that. So he kind of came in and just kind of gave us a heads up that, the season might be paused. Um, I don't know if you know this, but originally they paused 
and then I believe five days after they they canceled everything. But during the pause, um, everything kind of kept blowing up, so it was kind of hard to try to stay focused. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all about safety and and everything like that. So it obviously hit us right away because the weekend previous we were in Maryland and we played just like it was another game, right? And and we ended we ended with I think we were on an eight game winning streak, so we really started to click. And it was obviously very unfortunate, but once again at the end of the day, you know, there's bigger things in hockey, so it was tough, but I think the guys handled it well and obviously there's really nothing you could do about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're talking about uh, you know the season ending abruptly. A lot of guys, especially when you don't get a chance to, for a postseason run, you don't get to have those opportunities, you know, to grow as you know as an individual, as a team, you know, be able to get those experiences. And um, how hard was that for you to you know just end abruptly like it did? I mean, and you explained how it happened, but how did you feel whenever that all occurred? Um, you know, I was I was obviously pretty sad. Um, you know, last year we had in Johnstown, we had an unbelievable run. We made it to the, mm-hmm. the final four and we lost in game three. Um, so obviously I think all the returners and the coaches and everyone coming in, we kind of had something to prove. We kind of, uh, you know, had some almost like revenge to give. Right. And towards the end of the year, I think we finished either three or five points back from first place. And we were just hunting that spot. And I think we were, we were going at the right time. We still played, that first place team two more times so we were pretty confident going into it that we could take this division again and then it kind of all just ended and obviously you just kind of try to I guess say your goodbyes and kind of reflect on the season that that we had yeah now you're talking now we're uh you know we're talking now we're in the shutdown and you actually we've discussed this off of the air that you actually are joining Niagara a year early this year aren't you Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I had originally committed for 2021, 2022, but I was fortunate enough to get that moved up. So I'm I'm super excited for that opportunity. All right. So now we're shut down a little bit early, and now it's really tough to find a rink that's open or thing. What are you doing for training wise in this downtime? What are you exactly uh, trying to do to make sure that you're still in shape and being able to uh, play whenever you get up to Niagara? Yeah, um, I have this app on my phone right now that gives me a, a ton of hockey workouts. So obviously you just kind of got to put your mind to something that you want. And at these times, like gyms aren't open. So you got to try to have that, that mindset that you just, you're still going to get better, um, even if other players are not right now. this is I feel like this is a good time to take advantage of that and get your mindset straight for the summer training. So I'm just doing a lot of stuff, you know, out in the garage, working with some hockey skills and keeping my body in shape as well as, you know, trying to eat as healthy as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And you're looking at that. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's uh, really crazy out there. Like with the gyms closed, with the, you know, with rinks closed, it, you, you can't really work out in groups anymore either to get those right, workouts. Yeah. It, it's tough out there. Um, yeah. So you're going to Niagara a year early. Uh, I'm going to ask Niagara, why did you end up heading, heading up to Niagara? Is it for a proximity? Was it just something that the facilities yeah, so I had uh, I talked to them in the summer a little bit coming into this year, and uh, fortunate enough that they were able to come out and watch me a couple times, and then you know they they offered me to come up for a visit, and I felt like I fell in love with the campus. I felt super comfortable with the 
the coaching staff there. Um, I'm just like, it felt, it felt right. It felt, um, like super comfortable. It felt like there was definitely a spot that I could enjoy four years at. So that obviously played a big part in it. Now I got to ask, um, some people are going to be, well, I don't know a lot of people, but question him at, uh, former teammates, Kramer and Hey Bear, um, playing for Robert Morris. Is it going to be interesting to play against some of your former teammates? Of course, also the the two that will join this year. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be different. It, you can uh, you can be friends off the ice, but I think obviously when it comes to game time, you got to treat everyone the same, and that's the same as well as um, I don't know, like not every university in Canisius College have like one mm-hmm. of the biggest rivalries in the Atlantic, and a kid Max Kuznetsov who's on my team. Yeah, it's called the Battle of the Bridge, and. This kid that I, I was pretty much on a line with all year, Max Kuznetsov, he's going in to Canisius next year. So it's almost like, you know, we were best friends and line mates all year, and next thing you know, we're rivals. So, All right. Thank you, Christian, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, stay safe out there. Keep those getting those workouts in, and I will probably see you on the island next year, if not up, make the trip up to Niagara. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. Thanks right. a lot for having me. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Christian. Hold on one second. Christian Gorshak, that was for the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. I'll be right back. I'd like to thank all of our guests for joining us today. Of course, Dave Fryer from the PIHL Commissioner's Office, Matt Geica, the legend, and the NAHL MVP, Christian Gorshak. If you want to be on the PhD podcast, please just drop me a DM on Twitter, shoot us an email, or just, you know, text me, 724-980-8904. Thank you for listening to the PhD Podcast. I am Brian Mitchell. I will see you in the rink at some point. Take care, guys.